everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where Yoni Pollock had two numbers in Powerball this week, and yet he won absolutely nothing. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. My name is Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here every week, right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. Ooh, that is much better now. I can actually hear myself. Um, we are back from Atlanta. We are... I don't want, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I'm not any nicer than I was before we went to Atlanta. The Southern hospitality was amazing and was wonderful, but I went back to honking and, you know, randomly yelling at people on the street. It didn't, it didn't transfer all that niceness and patience and everything. It didn't really transfer. And uh, that would make me totally out of sorts here in New York. So I just went back to being myself. Yoni, thoughts? I've noticed. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. How's good it go? How are you? <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to give you my Mega Millions ticket. From last time? No, it was just yesterday. No, I bought oh, it. When did I buy it? Tuesday? Jeez. Okay, let's check it out. What do you mean? Mega I can't no. still have won 48 hours later? You could have. Just like you would have checked by now. Do you, you know me? Heard, like news things. Would I have let's checked see. by now? I haven't paid parking tickets in my glove compartment. Three, I wouldn't have checked by now. 34, 36, 50. The nine, six, you got nothing. Really? Though so you have, you got two Mega Millions. One was, one of yours was the Mega Ball was nine, and one of them was eight on your ticket, and the real one was seven. Did I win anything? Zero. Thanks. Zero numbers on. I don't understand. Twelve different, I guess. Great options. Yeah. I really have no idea how any of this works. Solid work there. Thank you. Um, it's not like I won, t- got two numbers and still won nothing. That's I got true. no numbers and won if nothing. You ain't first, you're last, sort of. Thank you. Yeah. Wow, you're good for my ego. Yeah. What side of the. No, I'm saying like also like uh, the same thing. It doesn't matter if I have two. I, I ended up in last. How many do you have to get in order six. to win? You have to get all six to win something. No, 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 to win something, you really just need the Powerball at least, or the Mega Million Ball, whatever it is. Um, and then there's just different variations. You know, one plus the Mega Ball. But if you're only gonna have the regular numbers, so to speak, then it's you have to have at least three. I think. Are you serious? Yeah. They got to make money somehow. <laughs> Can I tell you my Siri is so sensitive? Yeah. All right. Well, I guess they do have to make money somehow. And frankly, I'm still going to buy. Yeah, that's true. Right. Let's be honest. Um, thank you to everyone who's already watched the Kosher Halftime Show 2019. Yes, we tried something new. Thank God. It seems to have been a success. We really appreciate all of your support. Um, it was a wild ride. Somebody actually emailed me yesterday, Yoni. Uh, in conversation about another project and it was like wow it really seemed like you guys had a great time in Atlanta and um, I said yeah we took Atlanta by storm thank god it was a wonderful wonderful experience the kosher halftime show was crazy <laughs> it was just a crazy ride the cooperation of officer Fleming and you know helped out so. you know it's it, I was trying to explain to somebody that situation and I, I'm wondering if we should keep it for the live lunch when Nahum gets here because the three of us have not been in the studio together uh, on the Since, air for th- right. for over three weeks. Right. This is going to be our first live lunch together in a month. Yeah, sounds sounds right. Yeah, so I, I sort of think we all should right, wait. We, we should do all the behind the scenes stuff afterwards and whatever. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll wait till then. There's a lot to talk about for sure. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that will, <clears throat> excuse me, that will will fill you in on. Uh, but you'll have to wait the next 28 minutes to hear more about it. Let's do the um. Let's do the fortune cookie. Let's do the fortune cookie. Are you going to play these for me? I was going to say, we're better off probably not playing those for you. Why? Let's just play random numbers. Uh, these, I played random numbers. All. I got nothing. Oh, those were random numbers. Yes. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was doing. I handed him four bucks. I'm like, is there a game? So he basically <laughs> rolled his eyes and just gave me that. Um, okay, here we go. Want to catch the fishes? 
one must go home to build the first the net first. Okay, what's my problem with this? I'm gonna read it again. Want to catch the fishes? One must go home to build the net first. What's my problem with this? Uh, run on sentence. Uh, not a run on sentence. It's something grammatically, though. Right, because there's no such word as fishes. There you go. Thank you. That's it. Oh, now that's we're not. True. Right. <laughs> fishes is not a word. Well, unless he fishes for something, right? Right, but that wasn't that wasn't, right, that it. wasn't it. It wasn't yeah. want to. It was it was catch... the plural version of fish. Right, which is fish. I'm very annoyed. I like that. That's funny. That's yours. You go play. Watch this. You can <laughs> I mean, play it, these numbers and yeah, win. Right? No, but it's a terrible fortune. It but. is awful. Uh, let's go through the national holidays today. It's Dry Bean Day. I don't know what that means, Yoni, but it has something to do, I guess, with dried beans. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, which only reminds me I forgot to soak my chickpeas to make the hummus tonight. All mm. right, whatever. Um, it's Laura Ingalls Wilder Day. Yoni, do you know who that is? Oh, it's a person. So that's, oh, yeah. I, I didn't realize that. Laura Ingalls Wilder is, an, uh, is a wonderful author who wrote all the Little House on the Prairie books, which you have no idea what they are because no. you weren't the a child of the 80s. Stop talking. The Berenstein Bears. It's National Periodic Table Day. Woohoo. Do you know what that is? Um, K is potassium. Great. And what's table salt? N-A. No. N-A-C-L. Yes. Okay. <laughs> K, is, K is potassium. Where'd you get that one from? Yeah, you That's what things. you remember? I just had a banana. So. Ah, I got it. Yeah. I got it. Okay, good. It's Harry Potter book night. Mm, Were you a Harry Potter fan? No, me neither. Me neither. I totally didn't get it. Three-headed dog's not my thing. Not at all. Right. Even to the extent that when I went on the ride at Universal, I got so, so completely nauseous and winded that I had to sit on the side in Universal, like on the floor outside the (laughs) ride, for about an hour. I couldn't move. Wow. It was awful. That has actually something to do with Harry Potter. Somehow or another, it's his fault. (laughs) Uh, It's ballet day, which gives us a shout out to our neighbors upstairs, Paul Uh Taylor, right? The Paul Taylor Dance Company. All those dancers who walk into this building and make me feel really good about myself on a daily basis. Um, It's wave all your fingers at your neighbor's day. I think that that means. Well, let's go to Paul Taylor. We can celebrate both at the same time. Right. Wave all your. Right. This is what we're doing. We're actually, if you could see us right now, we are waving all our fingers. Right. You don't want to wave one finger. You want right. to wave well, them I'm all. I'm forgetting the thumb. I got to get the thumb. How back. do you wave your thumb? Right. You just got to go with it. All right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work on that, but we're gonna have to do some kind of shtick with our friends at Paul Taylor. Do you think they'll they'll participate? Yeah. 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 Okay. You don't. No. Okay. But but they like me. Yeah, but that's what I was gonna say. You're from Houston, and they like you, so yeah. it's very very possible. You're listening to that's life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I am joined this morning by Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz. He's the founding dean of Yeshiva, yeshiva Darche Noam of Muncie, he is, um, it, which is a yeshiva noted for its positive child-centered learning environment. He is also the founder and director of the Center for Jewish Family Life, otherwise known as Project Yes, a national parenting organization which conducts numerous programs designed to promote f- family stability in the Jewish community, including the Benos One-on-One Big Sister Program, where 800 girls from seven states in Canada meet weekly throughout the school year. Rabbi Horowitz is recognized as a recognized authority on raising children. He is the author of two books, Growing with the Parsha and Living and Parenting. As part of the Karasik Child Safety Initiative of Project Yes, Rabbi Horowitz conducts child abuse prevention workshops and teleconferences all around the world and has published in conjunction with ArtScroll the landmark children's personal safety picture book, Let's Stay Safe. The book has been meticulously been adapted into the Yiddish children's book, Zaygezunt, and into the Hebrew book for the Haredi community in Israel, Masha Batuach Batuach, which can be found in bookstores throughout Israel. The brand new adaptation for the Datilumi community, Le Vetach, 
has just been published. Rabbi Harwitz has developed and published the first two volumes of the Bright Beginnings Chumash workbooks, which are designed to help children acquire Hebrew language skills in a fun-filled manner. The innovative Bright Beginnings Hashlachas Gemara workbook, which we will discuss in a few moments, for beginning Gemara learners is now an important, integral part of the curriculum in over 40 schools. Rabbi Horowitz has received numerous awards, including the Rockland County Educator of the Year, the Grinspoon Steinhardt Award for Excellence in Jewish Education, and the prestigious Covenant Award presented to outstanding Jewish educators in North America. Rabbi Horowitz, good morning, and thank you for joining me. Hey, how are you? It's a pleasure to be on. I would have preferred that you invited me to the football thing, but <laughs> all right, next year. I don't know, Rabbi Horowitz. You might star in it next year. Just uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, I thank you for your time this morning. There are numerous important conversations to be had, and um, I actually want to start what what is I is going to be a little bit backward for the initial way I thought that I wanted to begin the conversation. But you had posted recently a story out of Salt Lake City. Um, and it is the, the story of a Rabbi Zippel, a Rabbi Avrami Zippel, Z-I-P-P-E-L, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, who has recently faced um, his own uh, child abuser, the person who abused him as a child after numerous years of being his nanny um, from the ages of 8 to 18. Um, he was sexually abused by his caregiver. And he faced her recently in court, and um, you had posted the story, which is where I had seen it initially. Um, and Rabbi Zippel talks about how he was inspired by the Me Too movement to come forward after so many years of of shame and and, and horror and and you know stifling this 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 horrible time in his life that he was inspired by the Me Too movement to come forward, as well as other stories that have come forward. And I wonder, with your experience and your knowledge of the Jewish community and of your experience dealing with, with, with victims of abuse, how many men in the Orthodox community do you feel will now be inspired by Rabbi Zippel to come forward? Well, I, I, I certainly believe that People will come forward um, or certainly contemplate coming forward as a result of it. You know, it's a process. Um, it, it's not. It's very rare that someone, you know, will, will, let's say, be inspired by the Me Too movement and just come forward. He obviously went through this process, you know, where, um, you know, a healthy way to do that is they took it over with the therapist, and they, they, it, it takes a lot of courage um, to, to, to speak up, which is obviously why, um, you know, we, we, we need to um, make things uh, as comfortable for victims to come forward by, by trusting them, by, by listening to their story, by uh, giving them all the respect and, and support that we can. So I certainly hope that um, others will come forward. And, um, you know, I called his uh, dad last night uh, to offer my help in any way, his father, um, I don't know if you're aware, he's a Chabad, he's a Chabad Shliach in Utah. Right. He is an absolute a saint. He's a Malach. He, he, um, there are many programs in Utah for um, for kids who are, who are either in recovery or struggling with, with very significant issues. And um, Rabbi Benny, this, this Remy's father, is... Uh, Travels from facility to facility, holding the hands of the parents. He is just a, an absolute, absolutely amazing human being. And in your um, work with the Jewish community in this um, 
in in this uh, in this foray in this topic is 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 the reaction um, from his parents, from Rabbi Zippel's parents, from Rabbi Zippel Senior and and his um, and his rabbits in Sharona. I mean, is that the mm-hmm. you know they they you know there is that personal horror on behalf of the parent where they feel like oh my oh my god this happened in my home this happened to my child exactly right. and and, yep. and that was their reaction is that what you usually find um when you're helping families in this situation yeah sure you know they they, they the parents go through unbelievable guilt and and uh, like how could i have missed this it's so ironic because rabbi benny is you know in this space so much um, but the truth is that that the God's honest truth is that um, the, the children are shamed by what's going on. Uh, they don't have the language to express themselves. It's not any indication that the parents were doing anything wrong um, or missed the signs. That that's quite to the contrary. What they generally do is they suppress it, and we only notice uh, things when they when they start exhibiting. You know terrible uh, symptoms of of, uh, of abuse. And by the way, for parents who are listening, you know, if you want to know, uh, go online and look up. Uh, I think it's important for parents to know what are those signs. Usually it's, you know, it, when, when we see extreme change in behavior with kids, all of a sudden, let's say, bedwet, or they, they are, they're afraid of being um, in dark spaces or afraid of things that they haven't been afraid of before, and it's also we know one notices sometimes like a, a, an extreme uh, drop. You know, like kids are doing well in school. Like when kids start exhibiting uh, educationally based uh, educationally based challenges in school, it usually happens over a period of time. But when you see, uh, God forbid, a kid like just falling off the cliff suddenly, but the bottom just falls out. Um, very often, that's also another sign. So, I mean, it's certainly not an indication, you know, that they missed it. But, you know, it, it's it's so heartbreaking for the parents, um, obviously, and including the, the, the certainly for the kids. And God bless them for coming forward. I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And actually, I actually just started working on a piece this morning that I'm going to be submitting probably to the Times of Israel on my website. It's called uh, Child Safety is Tipping in Israel. Mm. And uh, I just came back from from uh, a week in Israel, um, and and there were extraordinary crowds uh, at each of I did an event in in Modi'in and Efrat and in Ramat Beit Shemesh, you know, packed shuls. Um, and I would love to say that it has to do with my speaking ability, but I had made the same speeches three years ago, <laughs> you know, and and you know one fifth of the amount of people showed up. So, so things are really changing, and and um, in fact, one of the things that we've been doing now, um, it, it wasn't really directly about child safety. It's about opening, teaching parents how to open conversations with with um, with their children. In other words, how can you get your kids to talk to you about a terribly uncomfortable um, subject? Right. Think of how difficult it is, you know, for for. Uh, for for children to talk to parents or anybody about something that's so painful. What I find fascinating about the Me Too movement uh, recently was especially, it was most striking to me about this Weinstein guy who, who was abusing these actresses. So he abused them when they were 18 and 20, and they were powerless just coming up in this industry. Right. But some of these, some of these women... 
um, sat quiet for 20 years after they became world famous and had millions of followers and certainly would have had, probably would have had a great deal of support if they came forward, and they still were quiet. Right. There's so, still this... You know, Exactly. I mean, you're 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 still paralyzed as the right. as the victim, and and I think that that you're making such an important point that that the age, the age that the abuse uh, that in you know in, in which the abuse takes place or the age of the the person who is being abused is almost I, I don't want to say not paramount, but it is almost irrelevant in some situations because you're still the victim no matter what age you're at when you are absolutely. And, Absolutely. I always say when people were complaining to me, I, I got very heavily involved in in the Chani um, Weberman case. You know, I I went to trial every day with with the victim and her family. You know, to show support and the, and when Weberman got a, a you know he got a 103 year sentence, people people were saying, well, it's so extreme. You know, I always say I always tell this to people: the only ones who really have life sentences are the other survivors, are the victims. They they. They have to deal with this all of their life, every single day. Right. So um, that's why, you know, we, we decided as an organization to get into prevention because um, it, it's so effective, you know, teaching children how to, um, you know, the basics of child safety. You know, no one should tell, no one should, um, tell the kids to keep secrets from you. You know, good touching, bad touching. You have a right to personal space. You feel uncomfortable, get out. You know, and we'll support you. Um, right. If anyone's interested, I have a free nine-minute video on on YouTube. Just do a Google search Yaakov Horowitz Child Safety. You know, to teach parents how to talk to their children so that um, they can defend themselves if somebody, um, you know, somebody wants to start up with them. And, and, and that's that's a piece of a larger child safety program. And you'll be discussing this as well this weekend in Boca Raton. I see that you're the scholar in residence there as well. Yes, yes, yes. And, well, then, and that's, you know, that's, that's, um, it's education is the key. It's just so important. It's so important. And it's heartening to see how things are moving in the right direction. You know, we would love change to happen faster. Um, but, you know, frankly, when we started in Israel, when we translated our books to Hebrew, um, the Israeli public overall was significantly behind the American public hmm. um, in in all of this. Um, I can go into the reasons, but it's not. It's just not that important. But the thank God, it, you know, I just this past trip, I just felt that it tipped. In fact, I'm going back next week. I'm going back again. I started conversations with. A, a top, top Hasidish Rebbe and uh, one of the top Rebbetsons in the country about getting our books into the most Hasidic communities. Wow. There. And I'm really excited. We, we, Our safety book in Yiddish, we sold 3,000 copies to uh, Satmar and Monroe uh, three years ago. Wow. So, That's you know, incredible. Things are really changing. Again, believe me, Miriam, it's it's never fast enough. Nah. Well, I'm but, unfortunately, but, yeah, unfor- and unfortunately, I, I, I imagine that you are, I, I joke that there are a number of organizations that wish they didn't have to exist. And yeah, I'm going to chalk me up to that. Exactly. I'd rather books. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's let's for, take for a second before we run out of time, because unfortunately, I mean, this is a conversation I know that that you and I can continue for a very long time, and we are going to welcome you on JM and the AM at the end 
of the month, and I'm sure our listeners are going to look forward to that as well. But I do want to talk for a second about other aspects of education in which you are in which you are groundbreaking, and that includes this this Gamara workbook, which I have a copy of in my hand. And frankly, I mean, it almost makes it seem like even I could learn Gamara. <laughs> uh, you, you want to laugh? I do a class. Um, and again, it's free online. Uh, it, go to YouTube and just do a search Yaakov Horowitz. It's, it's a ground floor to art scroll in an hour. I designed a class for, um, for single mothers at assisted assisted retreat um, to enable them to do Gemara homework with their sons. And I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. You try, wow. try it out. It's a 55-minute class. Um, after that, you, you really can pick up an art school Gemara and start learning on your own. Wow. In other words, you see, the, the Gemara is, is a conversation um, that, that's sort of like an inside conversation among scholars. Right. And, and even like even the art school Gemara, which is just a magnificent, magnificent piece of work, it's really changed the way we, we made the Gemara accessible to everyone. <laughs> it starts on the third floor, you know. Mm. Like there's a basic assumption that you know certain things. Imagine you you were someone who's not familiar with football went to your Super Bowl party and they, you know, there's a certain understanding that you know what the penalties are and you know what a you know right. what, a, <laughs> what a hash mark is or any of these things. So Gemara, we go through. We created this booklet to go through the background, the history, work your way around the page. Um, and this came from my experience. I, I taught a remedial Gemara class for 15 years. And I made a program like this, certainly not as nice. My author, Rabbi Spivak, is a, is a rock star. But he was a Rebbe in our yeshiva. And we, together, you know, we developed this program to introduce the children to Gemara. And um, with, you know, educationally sound uh, um, lessons and, and uh, questions and the review stuff. It, it's it's almost it. I'm really excited. But you said forty. That was over, we're actually over in a hundred yeshivas already. Wow! Um, I, I got I got so many requests to translate it in Hebrew when I was in Israel. Now, um, so we're really excited. It's gonna it's gonna be a game changer. I hope and how kids um, learn Gemara. You know, some kids pick it up right away. Right. And it's the kids who don't. <laughs> I have a secular Jewish friend, a great friend of mine. He, he emails us, Rabbi, could you give me like the elevator pitch for this Gemara? So I said, well, the book is, um, uh, I said, Talmud is like a tort law class in a foreign language with no punctuation. <laughs> That's <laughs> the, hysterical. the kids need an intro? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, before, so, we, before, but before we run out of time, and I, and I sort of use the Gemara, the Gemara, the, um, the Gemara handbook as a as a segue. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to make this a a whole halachic discussion. I really, really don't. Um, but I know that you have taken a stance, a very important stance, in my opinion, on the airbrushing of women from some publications. And your response online, um, I, I think you were honored at a recent dinner, and they somebody was wondering whether the picture of you and your wife, or whether your wife was going to appear in the um, in the promotion for the dinner, and you responded by posting a picture of you and your wife, which I thought was amazing and was wonderful. Well, what happened? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Explain. No, no, no. Go for it. Explain what happened. Well, what happened? What happened was it was actually in 2006. The dinner was in 2006. Um, it was my 25th year in Chinuch, and we were doing a building campaign. The board, you know, they asked me if I would take uh, be a guest of honor, and I said. Um, 
you know, wasn't wasn't really, <laughs> you know, not really uh, something I was looking to do. But I said I'd be glad to do it. But um, I said every invitation, it has to say Rabbi Yaakov and Odi Horowitz, and I, I'm, pictures of my wife and I together. It was inconceivable to me that. That uh, my wife's my, you know, thank God I won the lottery. She's my best friend. We're, we're partners and everything. And I, I, it was inconceivable to me to just, uh, you know, to to have anything that celebrating a milestone in, in my professional life that wouldn't include her in it. Um, so I was asked by some people, you know, what the, my as to my response to the recent, you know, awareness in the past year or two about. Um, the airbrushing of women from publications, and I said uh, I wrote a few pieces on it. The first piece I wrote, I said instead of reading what I think about it, here's what I did, <laughs> and I and and I put put a picture on my Facebook page on my social media of the of the dinner invitation that had a picture of both of us together. Um, and in fact, my board members wanted to put ads in some of the papers um, that don't take women's pictures. And I refused. I said, I'm sorry. That's not, that's, I said it up front. That was the only condition I made with them. Mm. I said, there's, there's no ads. There's nothing that goes out that doesn't have the two of us together. And your, and, and, and any, um, backlash from that in, in recent months or in, in response to your con, your standing up about it? I mean, <laughs> you know, so it's, an, it's a free country. People are, People are free to disagree. It's okay. I got to have uh, I have to help self esteem. Thank God. There are a lot of people are allowed to say you know people can disagree with me. It's fine. I just said the way I feel. Everybody's entitled to the way they feel. And the truth is, look, you know, communities and publications are entitled to do as they wish, and especially the Hasidic community, where typically there's more um, you know separation of agendas. Everybody's entitled to do what they want, but. Um, what's happened over the past 20 years or so, it wasn't like this. You know, Jewish Observer, that good as paper, had women's pictures in it uh, 20 years ago. So, like, I mean, and I think some of it, to a great degree, is like a business decision that right. the, the publishers, I, I think it's misplaced. I don't think anyone, I, I think the vast, overwhelming majority of the readership doesn't care. But what happens is you have some folks that, that, uh, Typically, the, the folks who make a lot of noise typically are, you know, on an extreme end, and, and people are intimidated that they're going to get pushback. Um, look, I find it offensive to me, quite honestly. I must tell you. I mean, I wrote it. Look, I, I put on my social media. I wrote it, many reasons why I don't think this is healthy. Um, most of us, besides the fact people would say it's disrespectful, you say it is, it isn't disrespectful to women. It's disrespectful to me as a as a father and a grandfather and a husband, that um, you know that a picture of a woman is gonna you know whatever. Mm, I hear know, that. Fry my brain. I mean, we're we're we kidding. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I find I understand. I'm not kidding. I find it offensive. I well, to listen. I I men. I hear I hear your point. It was an interesting point that I didn't appreciate. That you know, from your angle, it being offensive to me. I can tell you honestly, it's offensive to me too. But obviously, <laughs> for... well, and what do I tell? What do I tell my ten-year-old uh, granddaughter that that her Hummus party is not as important as uh, her brother's Hummus party? Absolutely. Like, what's what's the deal with that? Absolutely. So look, I, I mean, I understand. Listen, obviously, we have a, a standard of tzniyut. 
uh, of modesty, and whatever we publish in the paper should be appropriate with that. Right. Uh, absolutely. But, Nobody's asking anybody to violate any halachas of sneas, but last right, right. right. But last time I checked, it's, it's a cultural thing. It's right. A cult- yeah, I'm sorry. Last time you checked. No, I was right. gonna I was gonna make a burka joke, but um, but last time I checked, you know, this uh, the beauty the beauty of the uh, of the mahot was something that was highlighted in the Torah. And while I'm not a Torah scholar, I certainly appreciate the fact that the uh, that the the our matriarchs were not asked to shot their to cover their faces. So yeah, man, it, it's even more. It's deeper than that. You know, it, it, model. You know, having people as role models and people um, uh, are, are important. Think of it differently. Uh, why should the only uh, um, pictures that our daughters and granddaughters are seeing should be of women who aren't religious. Mm, that's another good point. Jewish. Think about it. Another I mean, good point. Why should? I'm sorry. No, another good point. Another very good yeah. point. You know, the, 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 let's say the average family they have some let's say Haredi publications and they have some general uh, you know magazines for the general population. So they should see these uh, uh, women who are who are not dressed. Right, Jewish standards and modesty. So that goes into the home, and the the ones that are you know modest of our women that 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 should be role models to our children. Why shouldn't they be pictures of them? You're absolutely right. I couldn't agree with you more. But um, but as usual, Rabbi, Rabbi Horowitz, you are making most more sense than most, um, Rabbi. You know, Yaku- Rabbi- I'm sorry. I, I I apologize profusely. Um, I literally have a minute left to the program, and I I do want to thank you for your time. Um, and I look forward to your interview with Nachum, which will be coming up at the end of the month, which I'm sure My Nachum... My pleasure. Yeah, it... Have us back anytime. You can write me back anytime. Thank Just you. TheBrightBeginnings.com. The if anybody wants to look up the books or safety books or our thing, TheBrightBeginnings, plural, dot com. TheBrightBeginnings.com. Okay. And of course, you can check out Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz on YouTube for all of those videos. Rabbi Horowitz, continued Hatzlach and all of your amazing, amazing work on behalf of every member of the Jewish community. Thank you, so, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and thanks to your listeners for listening. Be well. Be well. You've been listening to That's Life. We are completely out of time. I am skipping the song. This is the second week in a row where I've gotten darts from Yoni. Don't miss a moment of the live lunch. We'll start probably in about 45 seconds, give or take. My thanks to Avrami. My thanks to Yoni. Don't miss a minute of our programming. Stay tuned, everybody. That's life, folks. Bye, guys. You've been listening to That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. Coming up next, live lunch with me, Nahum Siegel, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.